Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. Thank you for taking the time for listening, and happy Mother's Day. If you're a mother, I hope you have a spectacular um, Mother's Day, and it trickles on over into this week and beyond. Uh, this week's been pretty uh, interesting for me. Found out I'm going back to work wide open, both jobs. Uh, starting today, so that's really exciting. Back to seven days a week uh, of manual labor and customer service. So, uh, looking forward to getting back. Uh, hopefully, uh, it'll be a smooth sail as my arm is still reconditioning from total shoulder replacement. Uh, with that being said, we've got two great guests on the podcast this week. We've got JJ Garcia. You might know him from the uh, hit TV show Total Bellas as Brie and Nikki Bella from the WWE are his sisters. And uh, that's a episodic adventure of their lives and what they have going on. A really interesting guy. Glad to got to talk with him. Also got drummer extraordinaire Dylan Wissing. Now he is a uh, recording artist, uh, studio drummer if you will amongst other talents he also has bands he performs with but he has played on some of the most profound grammy award-winning songs as well as multi-platinum songs and smash hits check out his resume and we talk things drumming uh, very very fun time so without further ado let's get on with this podcast thank you so much for listening this is uncharted This week on the Uncharted Podcast, we have J.J. Garcia, Bree and Nikki Bella's brother from the hit TV show, Total Bellas, talking about his current projects and a lot more. That's next, right here on Uncharted. J.J. Garcia here with me on the Uncharted Podcast. Uh, first of all, thanks uh, for the time, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Uh, you know, saw some, you know, some Total Bella reruns and, uh, Got to reminiscing, and I always like uh, what you bring to the fold, and just wanted to see what's up in your life, what's going on with you. Yeah, uh, I, first off, I appreciate that, and um, oh man, just uh, on right now, just uh, really wants a couple of companies. So, really been pushing. Uh, we do a digital coupon app here in the in the valley uh, in Phoenix, you know, where I'm from. So, uh, you know, everyone gets their ball packs, and and that we are more of a. It's all digital. It's on your phone. Um, it's, so it's pretty cool and your, your coupons. So you, it's like a Costco. So you purchase yeah. a membership to have access to these coupons and they'll regenerate every month. We have some that regenerate every day, monthly and yearly. So, um, it's, it's a cool deal. We're getting a lot of merchants on board and it's free for the merchants. Oh, excuse me. We're really trying to get everyone to get back out, you know, per, you know, to get the economy going in our, in our community. So, um, that's our goal with that. And, uh, other than that, then, my wife and I just got back from Vegas. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage, which is great. And, um, Congrats you know. to that. I saw, I saw the post on Instagram. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And then we're, uh, you know, and I'm raising two little girls, my wife and I. So I uh, always have our hands full, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So we really enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's cool. So so uh, to, to get to these coupons, is it like you said, is it from an app or website? What were you saying exactly? Yeah, it's a, so it's a, it's a, it's a mobile app. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a what do they call it? It's a website, and then you just save it to your home screen. Um, so okay. it's a it's a mobile website, is what it is. Cool. Um, yeah, and then you just save it to your home screen, and then just get like an app. Um, but um, yeah, so that's what you do. And you can, you know, we're we're about to launch our monthly subscription, which I think is going to be great. Uh, you know, charge five dollars a month to have access to these great coupons. I mean, we have four different pizza places that give away a free medium pizza once a month. Uh, nice. They give away free hoagies. Um, so your five dollars goes a long way. Uh, we have, you know, construction people. We actually, I actually use them, um, the house doctors. And there's, if you spend over a thousand bucks, I believe you get two hundred dollars off. And that's I mean, we know, yeah, home construction. That's easy to do. Um, so when, and they're they're actually they're fantastic. They we're remodeling our house right now. They are they have just been a saving grace during that time. This time, so I uh, really, really like that. So there's just a lot of cool different coupons that. You know, there's one you go get a. You walk into this bar, bar in Old Town South, and you get a penny beer. So it's just, it, it, you know, it's just it's a lot of different stuff for for different folks, and and we're trying to make it very affordable for everybody. That's cool. Yeah, like with that price, I mean, that's basically like going to get two Sunday papers. You know, if you you know wanted to double coupon it, so that's pretty pretty reasonable, I think. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And. And so, yeah, that, that's our goal. So, and, you know, it gets people back out and interacting again and, and putting money into our economy, our little economy here. And, you know, you know, during the pandemic, everyone that got hit, it was mom pop shops. The Walmarts, they thrived. They had their best years, I think, in history. Correct. And so, but what got hit is the mom pop shops. You know, people were putting on the line and, you know, really pulling people. And it's just, you know, so we want to make sure they stay afloat and we're just really trying to, you know, support them. That's great. Hey, man, kudos to you. Um, that's awesome. So, um, and what I mentioned, you were talking about, you know, your 10-year anniversary, and I saw that. Uh, I didn't realize this because I'm, I was out of the loop a little bit, but your wife, she's like a social media influencer, I guess they call it. Doesn't she like uh, – she's got she's, quite a blog. Yeah, she's a blogger. Um, yeah. So, so be, she influences as well, but the difference between that is like so I'm more considered like on my social media influencer because, you know, I do have – you know, a good amount of people that follow me, and I could, I could really, I could push, um, you know, people's uh, items, and, you know, onto them. And it's funny, people are even getting mad, like, "Oh, you're you're doing an ad." I'm like, "Yeah, but every time, I mean, how do you find out about stuff? It's through ads, right?" And, yeah, and I yeah. actually experience, it and I, I tell people if I like it or not. Like, we just did JSX, um, and people are like, "Wait, there's a air, there's a airline that goes from Phoenix to Vegas that you could arrive 20 minutes before the CQs." You walk right in so fast, there's, you know, I want to say there's no security, there's security, but it's just, it's very, it's different than the main airport. And when you're inside, it's free, you know, it's free booze and free chips and stuff. And it's basically like only 30 people per plane. And it's it's like a big first class plane. And the price is compared to the Southwest and American Airlines. Um, so like people like that one were like, well, this is sweet. Thanks for putting this out there. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but again, my wife being a blogger, so she actually has a website, you know, whatlolalike.com, and it, so she truly blogs. Like, she will put a full blog out about it. Uh, you know, she'll use something for a month and to do a full blog story about it. Right. She also will push it on, you know, uh, Instagram, so people will go to her blog and read the whole story. So, yeah, that's awesome. I. Uh... I'm uh, I'm in my late 30s, so sometimes I get confused what's what. I, I, I've heard influencer thrown around a little bit here lately, so I just yeah. went with that. <laughs> no, and that's what, no, she is an influencer, but the, the one of those things is that she's actually also a true blogger. She does have a blog. Um, yeah. Where a lot of people, they feel like, I'm a blogger, but they don't actually have a blog. All they do is just put stuff up on Instagram. 
and that's when you are considered an influencer. I got you. Yeah, I got. I got to get caught up with the times. I'm just a, a lonely old hillbilly here from Nashville. So. Yeah, hey, that's that's where Lauren and I got married. Really? Mhm. That's cool. What made you decide to do that? Uh, we lived. Oh, no, actually, we lived all my life. Uh, lived in New York City at the time. Uh, actually, well, when we got married, we lived in San Fran, but we were living in New York when we decided where we were going to be. And she's like, "Let's do destination wedding." So I instantly thought my my toes would be in the sand, um, but she had different plans, and she's like, "Yeah, let's go fly and check out Nashville." So we flew to check it out, and literally we were there. We loved the city so much. We booked our date. We locked it all up right then and there, and yeah, then we. It was really cool because we actually got there on, I think, a Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. And so we told everyone, hey, even if you're not in the wedding, whatever, come out Monday, whatever, and it's just, let's all have a bunch of people here and do a vacation. So I think at least 50 people, we had, we had about 85 in our wedding, at least 50 people came out, like, early. And we were all just going out on Broadway Street. Everyone was just going out having a blast. And so we turned this into a vacation, and then we had the wedding, like, obviously during the weekend, so, which was all fun. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I never knew that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, being from here, you know, you see a lot of people come in. You never realize, I mean, how, how how people come here as a tourist destination, just like I would go to somewhere like New York or Phoenix to see something. So it always blows my right. mind. People like it. That's too cool. Um, you have a quote that I saw on your uh, – and that's a precious picture of your uh, child, by the way, your uh, main picture there on your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, very well done. My wife is like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to put Alice on there for a little bit. Yeah, that, that was very <laughs> cute. But you said, you said live life like you're always on vacation. I just I just want to know where that came from because I like that mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it more really – like so the vacation did really came from Lauren and my sisters because – I would always, no matter what, I, I just, I, I'm not going to kind of like light up a room, but I always have to wait. I'm high energy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it's good. It's good. And sometimes it's bad. You know, if you have a long night out, I wake up, I'm ready to go. But everyone else is hurting. They're like, dude, you, you shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, how do you have the energy? Like, go back to bed, man. Um, but anything, anything I do, uh, whether it's, it is work or, you know, I don't even like to really call you know, my job stuff work. Hey, it's because I do have a passion. I enjoy doing it. Um, and I, I'll walk into any situation just with the positive attitude. Um, I, even, you know, even if there's, you know, it's going to be a boring day, whatever it is, just a positive attitude. And I could just put a positive spin on it. And, I mean, when else are you not the most positive person but then when you're on vacation, right? You yeah. are always happy. You and the spouse aren't arguing. Whatever. It, it, everything's great. And it's so you do, you have that, you have that vibe, that feeling of, hey, I'm on vacation. I have no worries right now. We set this up and, you know, all I need to worry about is time to get home and, and being positive. And so I just take that and I try to transfer into my daily life. Because, um, you know, we have, one, we have one shot at this life. So let's make it, let's make it as positive as best we can. I, I don't want to sit here and be miserable and be moping around. That, that sounds awful to me. So yeah. um, that's just sort of what I, I get that from. Cool. Yeah, no doubt. You got to make positive of the situation. I mean, bands are getting restricted, but it's still like an uphill battle. So you got to make right. the best out of your, your situation. Um, I know a lot of people. A lot of people see it and they think it's like, oh yeah, you don't work, you don't do this. I'm like, no, no, I do. <laughs> it's just it's yeah. a battle life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I like it. I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I I'm a high energy guy myself, so I, I think a good minds think alike, and I and I like it. So uh, you know, it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. What uh, what's going on with the with the television shows and everything? Are, are you taping or, or or what's going on with the you know the the COVID and everything? What's next for that? 
So we are not taping at the moment. There's actually, I believe they're in negotiations for the next season. So um, right now, I believe we're season to season based. So we don't like lock. We 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 locked in. I think that's three at the beginning, and then there's two, and then and then we started in season to season. So it's just a lot of pieces being put together. Um, I know we we actually had good ratings and finished very strong. Um, so I believe the people out there want to see it. Um, but again, it's just there's more to it when it comes to you have two very big companies that back this, you know, between yeah. WWE and E Network. Um, so you know they have to figure their stuff out. So we just sort of set the sidelines, and then unfortunately for us, what happens only is right when they get it done, they call us like, "Oh, we'll start filming tomorrow." And we're like, "Well, all right." <laughs> a little more of a heads up with the nice bar. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, right on, right on. I just we're just ready for some more of it. Um, well, with uh, you know, with that being said, and then of course the Bell is in the Hall of Fame, uh, which was awesome. Yeah. Did, did yeah, you ever? Did, yeah, did you ever want to wrestle? Was that anything you ever inspired to do? So I, I actually, when I was 21, I went down to the trial. Um, and man, I, I got big and shape. I did the whole deal, and uh, I was a you know I'm just as an athlete. Um, I played you know I was a, I wrestled in high school. I played baseball. I was a soccer player, um, and so I just did a lot of that stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is how much to be interested in. And I I loved the first thing that attracted me to is I love the people. They're I mean they're great. All all the men and women. It's, it's called FCW then. It's World Championship Wrestling. There was no NXT. Um. And so I went, and you know, the at that time they really wanted big, big boys, like six three and bigger. Uh, they sort of had their specs that they wanted people to hit, and I, I'll say I'm I'm six foot, so I fall short of that. But he he then was like, well, just do this camp for literally a year. But you had, I mean, you had to go like wrestle every day, all this stuff, and then we'll look at you. And I was like, listen, I have three thousand dollars in my name. I can't I can't do that. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, I have to get a job. He's like, well, you need to be here, too. I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, my, and, and, you know, and I guess some of these guys will, I didn't have that passion for it where I was like, okay, cool. I'll go work this, you know, a crappy job just to get by just so I have that chance of wrestling. I wasn't one of those guys. So I, and when, when that, that bridge came, the crossroads came, I realized that, like, yeah, I like this, but I'm like, I'm not willing to, like, go sacrifice for it. I'm like, I'm probably not this prize I'm going to get. Gotcha. Yeah, because I mean, I see it. You know, I I know people that have went through camps. Like I have a, a acquaintance right now that went through the the Dusty Rhodes camp, and he just happened mm-hmm. to have like I believe maybe he got some inheritance money because it literally you have to be you know there at their disposal, and then you better have some income if you want to survive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So that's cool. I, I was always wondering because you seemed like you had you had the bills for it. I didn't know if that was just uh, you know the. Uh, the sisters or what? Because, uh, like me, I look at it more um, the athletic ability. But yeah, I've known the McMahons from watching in their history. Like they prefer some of them, like your uh, Braun Strowmans, who are just you know monsters yeah. among humans that can like take rocks and pull them with their teeth or whatever. So yeah, absolutely, and, and I understand that too because you know this it's entertainment. I mean, you you know those people who are normal size, and you see a great colleague come out, or you see this you know, six foot ten monster came out and we're like, whoa, like that's why I came for entertainment. And then yeah, you guys have to do the back post and all the fun stuff. But um yeah, so I, I mean I understand it. And again, I, I just felt that passion wasn't there. So I didn't want to pursue it. I, I you know, I probably would have got burnt out pretty quick. That's cool. Well hey, uh I I mean I understand I'm with you. I, I never could do it. I, I don't have the I started breaking things at a young age from playing football so I could never get in the room. Yeah. But I, I do love 
watching. I've been a lifelong fan. You can't get it out of your system. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I was, yeah, the Rock was my guy back in the day, so. <laughs> All right, JJ, anything else you want to bring up uh, so to the listeners of this uh, little podcast I got here? Yeah, no, I think I think it's about it. You know, thanks for, for everyone who, you know, supports wrestling, my sisters and our show, and uh, we, we appreciate it, and we, we really do. We love, you know, my sisters love their fans, and, and you know, our family supports their fans well. And uh, But, yeah, we, we appreciate you all, and, um, you know, hopefully there will be more uh, Total Bells to watch. A treat to this week's Uncharted podcast, drummer extraordinaire Dylan Wissing. He's a veteran drummer, percussionist, and producer, and his beats can be heard on Grammy-winning, platinum-selling tracks by today's top artist. That's right now on Uncharted. Enjoy. Uh, Dylan, I, I was watching you. You know, I'm a, I'm a drummer uh, in remission. I uh, can't play anymore. I just had total shoulder <laughs> replacement. Oh, wow. And, Okay. And I, was, I was, you know, filming through YouTube, as I do often, and saw you and then looked you up uh, doing some really cool beats. I believe it was um, Rude was the first one I watched. Oh, uh, from yeah. – um, oh, Magic, yeah, from, right? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I did that a long time ago. And then, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, uh, Ilan Rubin, which I just had him on the pod, you were, you were like, doing his uh, Paramore song, I believe. Sure, sure. Which, they're from – I went to high school with a couple of them. Um, but what really intrigued me and I wanted to talk about first is is being from southern Indiana because my fiance is from southern Indiana, and I live in Jasper slash Huntingburg for a spell. And how does a guy like you do so well being from that armpit of the world? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I was born in Bloomington and um, born and raised in Bloomington, and uh, but I lived – well, let's see. I was born in Bloomington, sorry. And uh, but I grew up in a tiny village called Whitehall. Actually, I grew up outside of a tiny village called Whitehall in the middle of the woods with no neighbors and no TV. Um, and um, so, how did I get from there to here? Uh, you know, a lot of it was my parents had a really interesting record collection, um, and they were they really took advantage of. Uh, Bloomington had, you know, it's it's got Indiana University. It has, you know, some of the greatest talent in the world comes there to, you know, perform or teach or whatever. Uh, so they they really took advantage of that. So they would, you know, see all sorts of crazy stuff, um, you know, all, all sorts of way out jazz performers and and uh, you know. So I had a bunch of old wacky jazz records growing up, uh, you know. I, some some classic rock, some uh, some uh, a lot of soul, some of the Motown stuff, and uh, and Otis Redding stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just I got really deep into those records because I I couldn't I didn't see anybody you know I, I was just my brother and I were kind of out alone in the woods um, and, uh, with with no real contact with uh, with with the rest of uh, that's the civilization. So, you know, I just kind of dug really into those records and, um, and, you know, and started playing drums. Uh, my great grandfather had been a, um, he was a drummer and a songwriter in Vincennes, Indiana. Um, yep. he had some, actually some hits back in, um, he had his first hit in the, uh, I think in 1919, 1918. Um, and, um, you know, and, and he had some, I mean, you know, 
songs that aren't known today, but they were they were minor hits. Yeah. Back in the day. But, so did you inherit like one of those old like uh, Gene Krupa track kits or something from him? No, no. He um I I I don't have anything from him um at all. He died uh maybe ten years before I was born, and oh, wow. and all of this stuff is is long scattered. Um, yeah. But uh, we we do have access to his archives, uh, and he had he, he was a fascinating guy. I mean, he he was a, a white guy in Vincennes, Indiana, in the you know early part of the 20th century, and he wrote for both black and white artists. So he would yeah. do he would do kind of like country and western hits, and then he would also do back then they were called race records, but uh, yeah. you know like you know what would be R and B or jazz records now. So. Um, so and, and he has all this correspondence going back. I mean, huge files. So it's really cool. One day I'm gonna get back to Vincennes and uh, and really sort through that stuff because there's some amazing history in there. So yeah. So I, to make a short story long, um, <laughs> I don't know. Listen to a lot of records, played drums, and uh, and then you know having having IU right there was a um, was a big. You know, I just was there. I, I went went to music school there for a little while. Um, and uh, I ended up with a French degree, but, uh, you know, learned a lot at that place. So, um, so yeah. you're an excellent, you're an excellent drummer through DNA. You practice social distancing before it was popular <laughs> and yeah. you, you know how to make a baguette. Is that what you're telling me? I don't know how to make a baguette. I, I, I was the world's worst French major. Um, not worst, <laughs> but it was just the fastest way to graduate because I, I'd gone to France and I, you know, I had, uh, had good friends there. So, my French was good enough to I could I tested out of the first two years, uh, and it was just the fastest way to get a degree in anything because I was on the road with my band and I just wanted yeah. to, you know, get my damn degree and hit the road and play music full time. So uh, French well, was the, the yeah. fast. Um, well, with cutting your teeth on like R and B and soul and classic rock, um, being here, I'm a big fan of the Muscle Shoals sound going on there yeah. a bit. Did you yeah. did you ever uh, expose to Roger Hawkins in the Muscle Shoals rhythm section? Are you familiar with him? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, legendary. Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, with you, uh, was "Girl on Fire" the song that like kind of catapulted you in the stratosphere and made you like sought after and everything? Is that what got you? Yeah, that was yeah. that was kind of my um, that wasn't my first major major artist, but everything else. I mean. Uh, that was the one that really got me got me noticed, and and kind of the the thing that really uh, more than anything, we at the session at Alicia's studio, I had um, had taken a little footage with my little iPhone iPhone four or something, and um, and I got permission from the producer to uh, to make a little video about it. So we put a video together, kind of talking about how we um, how we did the drums. And uh, and that got a lot of views. Uh, Modern Drummer magazine ran the video, and um, for for a while it was one of their top top viewed videos. Uh, it's since been taken down because uh, uh, we don't own the rights to Girl on Fire. So yeah, I think at some point some lawyer said uh, no. Yeah. So uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, too much money getting exchanged somewhere else. I understand. Um, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of you know articles and everything, uh, you had something in the New York Times that was impressive about recreating the funky drummer beat. Could you discuss that a little bit? Sure. Uh, all right. So for anyone who doesn't know, the funky drummer is a it's one measure of drums from a James Brown song that has kind of become one of the just foundational elements of hip hop. I mean, it's been sampled a zillion times. Clyde Stubblefield was the drummer who did it. 
Um, and I mean, it's just this, a legendary breakbeat, you know, this little section of, of drums from an old record. And um, so I kind of made it a mission to learn how to recreate it. Learn, I mean, and actually I had to recreate it for a, for an Eminem track. And uh, I mean, it's really, really, really hard. I mean, it's a really hard beat to play, and it's the sonics are really unique. It just everything about it is unique, and it's um, and and everybody listening has heard this break, whether they know it or not. It's been just in thousands, thousands of recordings and commercials and everything else. Yeah. Um, so, so one of my specialties is recreating these vintage, vintage sounds, and um, and and kind of an. Uh, modern day trying to recreate an old record sound which is uh way harder than it sounds like it's going to be sure Uh. (laughs) yeah i'm with you and and, you know just like james brown said every instrument he created like it was percussion and drums and he also said which was true everything everybody listens to has a little bit of him in it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um, well, one question I, you know, I had, cause you know, like you say, you're talking about a white guy, like your great grandfather playing with the, you know, everybody, the race records and everything you're sought after by all the R and B people and rap. You're talking about like Eminem. Uh, what's, what's Kanye like? I've always wanted to ask somebody. I've never known anybody that's been near him. What would he like to record with? I've never met him. That's the, that's the thing. I've never met anyone I've recorded for. They probably don't even know I exist. Really? Um, so they just yeah. send you, they send you the tracks and you just play along? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's everything's by email, and that's that's kind of the way it is with a lot of my clients. I have many clients I've never even spoken to once, and you know, we'll do multiple multiple songs for them, and and you know, we do it by email, and uh, we're in you know different continents, and it's kind of the you know, it takes me right back to my my youth. I don't yeah. see anyone, I don't talk to anyone. Yeah, Just, you're you know. completely, yeah, completely in your element. But hey, that yeah. way you won't catch COVID or, or anything else. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I heard him on Joe Rogan not too long ago, and he just strikes me as the guy that, like, as manic as he is, kind of like a Brian Wilson approach where he'd want to bring, like, a horse in the studio and make everybody have sparklers. I just – I've never known. But, <laughs> but you know, he's he's going to be our next president, so I was just kind of curious, according to him. Yeah, well, you know, I um, mean, he's so, – yeah. Yeah, so you, you've got your you got your groups. Uh, are you mainly in studio, or are you planning on touring, or do you tour? Um. Once I, I I used to tour endlessly um, with uh, with kind of independent artists. No one, no one. Um, yeah, so I, I used to tour endlessly with with independent artists. And then when my son was born, uh, I decided I didn't want to be gone all the time, and um, so that was ten years ago. So really, since then I've just done local stuff um, and really focused more on the studio, which turned out well, obviously in, in the era of COVID, because yeah, I, you know. I wasn't every drummer I know suddenly when COVID hit, it was like, Oh my God, there are no gigs. I have no income. I guess I better learn how to, how recording works. And, yeah. um, you know, thankfully for me, it, nothing changed. I, you know, I, I walked to and from my, my home to my studio and that's kind of been my life for the past year. Yeah. Um, which could be a little old. I want to see something sure. new. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, funny. I just played my first live show last weekend. Uh, first show of the year, and the first one since October, I think. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've played four times with other humans uh, in <laughs> thirteen months. I so, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I had to. I had to get a shoulder surgery just to get human contact. So I know exactly what. Wow. You're yeah. Oh man, that's. 
I mean, was this was the damage caused by drumming? Uh, I I was a, a pretty talented drummer back in the day, but I think it's through uh, vigorous years of I'm 38 of manual labor, blue right. collar work, and I just sure. my check engine light came on at about 35. So yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean the answer that. is simple: stay 21 forever. That's it. It's just like all downhill. I, I was, you know, speaking of Muscle Shoals, uh, we were down there visiting Muscle Shoals studio, and David Hood came and he signed my bass because I'm moving from one side of the rhythm section to the other. Okay, nice. And we're we're discussing shoulder surgeries. He's uh, 78, and I'm 38, and we're talking about you know battle scars. It's just funny because I'm the youngest guy my doctor ever did it on, so it's just right. it, it always blows my mind. I'm talking to this guy who's like, yeah, it's been hurting me for about a decade, and he's like. You got you're so young. I was like, yeah, well, I didn't volunteer. It just was eat up with arthritis and everything. So right, 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 right. Yeah, I, a friend of mine, another another bass player, same thing. I, you know, his shoulder was, I don't know, maybe was, there's something about the instrument or the the weight of it on your shoulder plus the, I I, I don't know. It's yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, because if you get a Fender Jazz Precision, I mean, it's like having like a couple of Brico blocks, you know, hanging off your side. Yeah. Yeah. And that wraps up another edition of the Uncharted Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Special thanks to our guests, J.J. Garcia and Dylan Wissing. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, because without you, there'd be no point in doing this. I really appreciate it. I want you to have an awesome week. And remember, I love you for you and where you're at in life. This is Josh Belcher signing off, saying we'll do it all again next weekend. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. All right. See you then.